WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Cornerstone Alliance has been awarded a $3.6 million grant from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation to prepare a site in Benton Township for economic development. Cornerstone President Rob Cleveland tells us the site readiness program funds will specifically be used for 285 acres of farmland at 2274 Your Avenue. We have a site here in Berrien County that's over in Benton Charter Township, just south of Lake Michigan College at the intersection of Meadowbrook and Your. And it's a Lake Michigan Industrial Park. It is the largest site within close proximity to the Chicago Metro. Cleveland says with the completion of U.S.-31's connection to I-94, the site's perfect for industrial development. In fact, he's had developers inquire about that exact property. The site that we are considering investing in, the site that we received the grant money for, is by far the most requested site that we have in our arsenal here in Berrien County. We get more visits, more inquiries about that site than any other site in our community by far. Cleveland says the $3.6 million will be used to improve infrastructure at the property, meaning things like drainage and the road. The land is owned by Fred Leitz, and Cornerstone's been working with him to prepare it for a new development. Cleveland expects infrastructure work to start there this year. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have approved the city's 2024 through 2028 Parks and Recreation Plan. At a meeting last night, commissioners reviewed the 136-page document that not only addresses parks, plans for parks in the coming years, but also includes a lot of information on citizen requests. Commissioner Juanita Henry warned colleagues not to let outside entities have too much control over the parks. We think the parks are important, and we should make sure that we have control over I didn't like the way that Whirlpool came in for Union Park. They did a good job, but they didn't do what we wanted them to do. Same thing with Broadway Park. They did a good job, but they didn't do what we wanted them to do. Commissioner Ethel Clark Griffin wanted more to be done for Edgecombe Park. Assistant City Manager Alex Little said improvements are coming to that facility. We intend to, in the future, look at that park and do for it kind of what we're trying to do for through the Ox Creek area, get tires and all that junk out of there and then clean it up. Priorities laid out in the parks plan include increasing accessibility at all parks, installing upgraded equipment, adding more ways to passively enjoy the parks, and increasing events held at parks. Little said the parks plan is needed to ensure the city's eligible for parks grants. We'll have the plan up at our website. Meanwhile, Benton Harbor City Commissioners have heard a report from the Benton Harbor Housing Commission's plans for capital improvements in the next five years. At last night's meeting, the Housing Commission's Deshauna Robinson presented an overview of priorities through 2027. She said planned improvements at developments throughout the city include operations and security at Harbor Towers, management at Harbor Towers and the Bus Avenue development, general operations, resident programs, and boiler replacements. City commissioners were most interested in Harbor Towers, and Robinson said they have big plans there. Some of the upgrades that we wanted to do for Harbor Towers were replacing of heating boilers, security cameras, the hot water heaters, fire and safety systems, corridor lighting, things of that nature. These are all examples of things that we plan to do over the next five-year term. Mayor Pro Tem Dwayne Seat said he's concerned about a broken elevator at Harbor Towers. He also asked about security. People are out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't live there. Something has to happen in order for you, you guys to change that, that perception of what is happening there. Robinson said the Benton Harbor Housing Commission has been in talks with the Michigan State Housing Development Authority on financing for improvements at Harbor Towers with a goal to get started as soon as possible. 
She added the commission is seeking to align plans there with HUD's rental assistance demonstration tool, which can get residents better rates. As for whether Harbor Towers residents can be housed elsewhere while renovations are taking place, she said that will depend on an asset analysis and what work is being done. Lakeshore Public Schools will seek a renewal of its sinking fund millage on the May ballot. The Board of Education this week voted to place the question before voters with Superintendent Greg Eating saying the sinking fund millage will remain exactly the same at 1.47 mills. It generates about $1.4 million a year for the district. That is maybe one of the most important funds that we have in the district that allows our district to really operate and fund some of the projects on a consistent basis and helps us with planning. The $19.9 million bond approved by voters last year is separate from the sinking fund millage and not to be confused with it. However, Eating said that bond is being used to augment what can be accomplished with the sinking fund. Our bond that was passed last year was basically put in place to collaborate, we'll use that PLC word, to collaborate with this sinking fund. Because basically our projects were outpacing what our sinking fund was able to cover. The sinking fund pays for building work throughout the district. Trustees are seeking a 10-year renewal of the millage that's been in place since 2005. The election will be on May 7th. A new survey has been launched by the Michigan Department of Transportation to find out how people might feel about a road usage fee as gasoline tax revenues decline due to the emergence of more fuel-efficient vehicles. MDOT's been considering how road repairs could be financed. One possibility is charging people fees based on how many miles they drive. A video embedded in the survey explains. The way road usage charges work is that you no longer pay state fuel taxes when you fill up at the pump. Instead, you pay a few cents for every mile you drive. This money is then used to maintain our roads and bridges and ensure everyone pays their fair share. The survey seeks to gauge how people feel about current gas taxes versus the idea of a usage charge. While there's no effort currently in the legislature to implement a usage charge, MDOT's been talking about it for a couple of years. We'll have a link to the survey at our website so anyone can offer their thoughts to the agency. And a new report finds the quest for continued higher education by individuals into their 50s and beyond is robust, persistent, and widespread, and Michigan's part of the trend. Late bloomers, the aggregate implications of getting education later in life, finds the number of older adults in college is rising. Chris Farrell, the author of A Purpose and a Paycheck, Finding Meaning, Money, and Happiness in the Second Half of Life, says the report points to the need for colleges and universities to become centers for lifelong learning and not just for the young. At a time when four-year institutions, they're dealing with declining enrollments. Late bloomers, this is a potential pool of applicants welcoming late bloomers into the academy. That's an opportunity for growth with the aging of the workforce. The report from the National Bureau of Economic Research finds a cohort of those age 50 or older in higher education included at least 1.3 times more women, Hispanics, and blacks than the cohort of those younger than age 30. Although research shows a hefty rate of return on a college degree, late bloomers do get a boost to their wages after they earn their degrees, although it's smaller by a meaningful amount than the one received by people who graduate earlier in life. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. House Republicans are signaling they will not support a still unfinished bipartisan immigration deal that senators have been haggling over for weeks. In a press conference today, House Democrats accused them of ignoring their responsibility to reform the nation's immigration system amid an ongoing crisis at the border. 
More from ABC's Jay O'Brien. House Democrats slamming House Republicans for turning against a still unfinished bipartisan immigration deal being haggled over for weeks in the Senate. In the shameful display of partisanship, they're abdicating the responsibility to solve problems on behalf of the American people. Democratic Caucus Chair Pete Aguilar there. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson saying what he's heard about the deal still doesn't go far enough. What's been suggested is in this bill is not enough to secure the border. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, Washington. Donald Trump is cheering a decision that keeps him on the primary ballot in Illinois. The Republican 2024 frontrunner notes the state's election board of four Democrats and four Republicans today unanimously declined to remove him before the U.S. Supreme Court decides whether his role in the January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol attack makes him ineligible for the presidency. Illinois is among several states where Trump critics have pushed to remove him from the ballot for violating a constitutional ban on office holders who engage in insurrection. The Supreme Court next week will hear arguments on a Colorado case in which Trump was removed from the ballot. A decision in Maine is on hold. The GOP-led House Homeland Security Committee is poised to send articles of impeachment to the House floor targeting Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. No member of a president's cabinet has been impeached since William Belknap, Secretary of War in the Grant administration, was accused of taking kickbacks in 1876. Technically, Belknap resigned in disgrace before the House acted, but he was tried in the Senate anyway and acquitted. Today, Democrats say Alejandro Mayorkas has committed no high crime or misdemeanor, but Republicans allege he's intentionally failed to enforce immigration law. Infectious syphilis cases in the U.S. rose by 9% in 2022. That's according to a new federal government report on sexually transmitted diseases in adults. The rate of new gonorrhea cases fell for for the first time in a decade, while chlamydia rates were flat. Officials of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are most focused on syphilis. Data released today shows total cases surpassed 207,000 in 2022. That's the highest count in the U.S. since 1950. It's rising in heterosexual men and women. President Biden has been meeting with his national security team to weigh options on how to respond after three service members were killed and dozens hurt in a drone strike at a base in Jordan. This morning, uh, Biden told reporters he knows what he'll do. ABC's Karen Travers has more. A U.S. official tells ABC the response to the drone attack in Jordan will be carried out over the course of several days and will involve striking multiple targets. This official says these are going to be very deliberate targets, deliberate strikes on facilities that enabled these attacks on American forces. President Biden said Tuesday morning he's decided how the U.S. will respond to the attack. But the White House said later it still cannot say who was behind it. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The Russia figure skating team still stands to get bronze medals from the 2022 Beijing Olympics despite the disqualification of Kamila Valiva in the doping case. The International Skating Union's published an updated result. The U.S. has moved into the gold medal position and Japan's been upgraded to silver from bronze. But the demoted Russians get bronze by one point ahead of Canada. The ISU's amended standings from the Beijing competition strips Valiva's maximum 10 points from each of her two events but does not add a point to the other teams below her. Israel has intensified its military arrest raids in the West Bank ever since Hamas's deadly attack on October 7th. Israeli security officials say the IDF has arrested over 2,000 Palestinian militants with ties to Hamas and other terror groups. But those raids have also turned increasingly deadly, with Palestinian officials reporting more than 300 killed in clashes with the IDF. Israel claims it's trying to root out and foil attacks by militants. Early this morning, the IDF carried out a brazen and dramatic operation, one that's also raising legal questions since it played out in a hospital in the West Bank. More from ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. Dressed as a doctor, a patient in a wheelchair, and parents with a newborn. 
Israeli commandos in disguise sneaking into the Ibn Sina hospital in Jenin just before dawn. Witnesses say they entered a hospital room on the third floor, shooting dead three Palestinians in their sleep. Hamas and Islamic Jihad later claiming them as members. The Israeli army says the three terrorists were hiding in the hospital, planning a large-scale killing and kidnapping attack on a West Bank Jewish settlement. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. The Justice Department's looking into allegations that Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush of Missouri misused government funds for her personal security. The progressive lawmaker confirmed the news today. Bush said in a statement federal prosecutors were reviewing her campaign spending on security services a day after the Justice Department subpoenaed the House Sergeant of Arms for related documents. She said she's fully cooperating with the probe and denied using federal tax dollars for any personal use. The Justice Department declined to comment. And another state is considering the use of nitrogen gas for the execution of inmates by lethal injection. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Ohio Republican lawmakers have introduced a bill that would allow execution by nitrogen gas following Alabama. They say it's an alternative method and a more humane one for carrying out capital punishment. State Attorney General Dave Yost in a news conference saying death row inmates who would be eligible have typically committed heinous crimes. People who are the worst of the worst, whose sentences are deserved who are still sitting and waiting their day of justice. Critics say nitrogen gas is untested and lacks evidence of being more humane. Derek Dennis, ABC News.